This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode 134. Necroitis is back! Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulstone2017. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Patreon. Support the Shattered Soulstone. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash soulstone. It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawnforge pouch, this is episode 134 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is March 29th, 2017, and I'm your host, Wes Bertilio. I'm alone this morning, but no worries. Uh, got a lot of exciting information to share. I know what you're all thinking. He said this morning instead of tonight. Yes, I am recording in the morning today. Uh, I'm a rebel. <laughs> um... Yeah, normally it's just more convenient for everybody to record at night, but since I'm alone and I'm not doing anything this morning, well, recording this morning, so. Lately, I don't know, I haven't played too much because of the end of season in Diablo. <laughs> I didn't really finish off the season any stronger. I didn't play too much at the end of the season. I got on... Uh, for a little bit after the season ended, just, you know, straighten things out, get stuff out of my mailbox and, uh, uh, you know, sort things out, straighten things up. I did check out the armory. The armory is pretty cool. <laughs> I actually really like it. It, uh, saves everything. Your, your gems, your skills, your runes, everything. It's awesome. The only complaint I have about it, though, is it's not its own stash so you still have to have the armor the uh the equipment and stuff in your your normal stash in your shared stash so it's not really possible for you to have or to be using all five slots in the armory with every one of your characters because you just don't have enough stash space <laughs> to hold that much armor. So that kind of sucks, honestly. I'm kind of sad about that, but uh, outside of that, it's really not that big a deal, I guess, if you get used to it. But I'm definitely going to mess around more with it in Season 10. Also, there's the Kanai Stomping Grounds is currently available right now. So I'm sure it probably won't be available uh, by the time this episode is released though, so I hope you guys participated like I did. It was it was fun, and also I hope you guys didn't miss out on your uh, Kanai's Scorn transmog. It's really, really cool. I went and got it last night. I love it. It's awesome. Apparently, you the Kanai's stomping grounds and the event and everything will still be available for rumored to be a few hours after season, ten, or season 10 starts. 
So you can potentially get the um, Kanai's Scorn transmog during Season 10, but you only have a couple hours to do it after Season 10 starts, or so the rumor says. I'm wondering if the Kanai's Scorn transmog is going to stay, though, just because the transmog isn't actually in the stomping grounds. It's in a chest sitting next to Kanai himself on the, th- on the throne uh, before you enter the stomping grounds. So I'm wondering if that chest will still be there. I don't know if it will or not. I'm sure the answer will be given by the time you guys hear this episode. But uh, I think I'm going to run and grab it <laughs> at the beginning of Season 10. My plan for Season 10 is... Um, I'm going to run with a Crusader. I'm going to roll a Crusader this season. Um, The reason being is I really, really, really want to run with the Seeker of Light build since it got its buff. It got a new legendary weapon. Well, is it a new weapon or is it just an old one with an updated legendary effect don't remember I, I think it mm, oh I think it is uh, it's an old one with a updated legendary effect it's a sword two handed sword I believe now how how it works why it got buffed so much is because the seeker of light set runs on falling sword as well as um, uh, blessed hammer so obviously Generally, you want to drop in, because after you cast Falling Sword, you get a 50% uh, damage reduction from all sources uh, for 6 or 8 seconds, I believe. And then once you're in, you want to cast as many Blessed Hammers as possible and just uh, annihilate everything, which is great. Well, this new weapon, uh, or new legendary effect from this weapon says for every enemy hit with falling sword it increases the damage of your blessed hammers by up to 60% no not 60% by 6% I think for every enemy hit with falling sword for a few seconds after that maybe just 60 I'm, I'm not looking at it right now maybe I should be <laughs> my, my mistake, it's 6% or 60%, one of those. It, there's a huge difference there, I know. Uh, but more or less, really, 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 really strong uh, damage buff. Because that's what you're doing anyway. You're dropping in with Falling Sword and throwing out your hammers. So now dropping in with Falling Sword, the more enemies you hit, the more damage your uh, hammers are going to do. So it's... It's a really, really good combo, and because of that weapon, the uh, Seeker of Light Crusader has actually placed second on the top 10 strongest builds for Season 10 list, uh, which I will get to more about later, but uh, it's a very, very strong build. I like it, not just because of the power and damage output, but because of... It's just fun to play. I mean, who doesn't like seeing, you know, hundreds of hammers flying around their screen, just destroying everything? I mean, 
it, <laughs> it's very flashy, very, very cool. It's got super high damage output. It is slightly squishy compared to some of the other Crusader builds, but uh, I mean, it, it's not it's not that bad. If you play it smart, it's it's not that bad. It's very, very manageable. Uh, also, I'm really looking forward to getting uh, Primal Ancients, or at least seeing them. I'm I, kind of doubting I'm going to uh, have a build going on with many Primal Ancients, because the, the chances of you rolling, or of getting a Primal Ancient item for your set is isn't very good <laughs> I'm expecting to get like a if I even get any primal ancients at all this season if I get one it's gonna be just like a really random item that I never use or just something like that that's what I'm fully expecting but at least I get to see one I want to be able to see one now how you're able to uh, or the prerequisite so to speak to find them is you have to complete Greater Rift 70 solo. I like to think of myself as a casual player. I'm not hardcore. I've only broken Greater Rift 70 once. I just... I do play the game a lot. I just... I don't play it too... I'm not, I'm not throwing down the leaderboards. Let me put it that way. I'm not trying to get up the leaderboards. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just playing because I like playing. It's fun. So I like to consider myself a casual player. But... This season, I really want to clear Greater Rift 70 solo again, uh, so I can unlock the ability to drop Primal Ancients. So that's the goal, and I figure the Seeker of Light set for the Crusader is not only really, really fun to play, it's now the second strongest build in Season 10. So, win-win, right? So, uh, but... Also, keep in mind to for everybody to let you guys know all of the armor sets uh, for every character has the potential to reach Greater Rift 70 solo. You can do it with any set for any character. You just you know you just have to get the right rolls. You have to you know make it stronger, which is it's perfectly doable. You just gotta put the time in. So. That being said, I'm just my decision to roll the second, I quote, strongest build of season 10 uh, is just because how I see it with the like the top 10 strongest list is they're essentially the easiest to get the items for or to gear out for and get really strong very quickly. So, say, for example, let's take the Seeker of Light set. Say you find every piece that you need, including in the Kanai's Cube and everything, you find everything that you need, but say there you don't have any Ancients, or say you have, like, maybe two out of the 13 Ancients you'd need for your, for your set. Even without any Ancients or very minimal Ancients, it's still going to be ridiculously strong uh, early on without the need for extra damage output with the Ancients. Uh, so you can generally clear at least uh, Torment 13 with them and grind for your Ancients until you're strong enough to go clear whatever Greater Rift you're going for. While, say, you take a... Let's see here. Let's see, what's a good example? 
So you take like an Immortal Kings Barbarian, say like the old Hammer of the Ancients build. So that, technically, it has potential to get into Greater Rift 70. But you would need more Ancients, you need to gear out more Ancient gear just to get it strong enough to to do that. Because it's, I don't know if the build is actually strong enough without any Ancients at all to get that high in Greater Rifts. You would, you would just have to find more Ancients for the build, that's what I'm saying. The, I use the top 10 strongest list as the easiest to gear out for uh, to obtain a really high um, difficulty or greater rift level with you know minimal gearing. So that's, that's the way I look at it. My experience, or my best experience that I can come up with right now is I ran... Uh, a monk a couple seasons ago, I think season seven. The Hadric's gift was the Ina set. Well, on the second day, because the first day of the season I spent getting from level one to seventy. The second day, uh, my friend Travis and I from the last episode, Travelonius, him and I were playing together. He also ran the Ina set, uh, monk. So we, we cleared the season, uh, chapter four, to get the Hadri's Gift to get our Enus set. After we got the Enus set, we found a couple items that went with the set. We didn't have the full build yet at all. Not the full build, but we had most of it. By the end of the second day, we were already running on Torment 9. Just because the set was really easy to gear for, uh, we didn't have uh, either any Ancients at all, or very minimal Ancients, and we're already running Torment 9 on the second day of the season. So it's it's just very uh, very easy to gear. I'm not, I don't know if the Enos set was actually on the top 10s list that season, but we both knew that it was a really strong build. And honestly, it is pretty easy to gear for. So it's it, it was really fun. Uh, we had a blast. Also, one of the reasons you you guys might be thinking, well, that makes sense, but why are you running the Crusader this season if he doesn't get the uh, the Seeker of Light set from the Hadrian's Gift? This season you get the uh, Akan set for Hadrian's Gift. My theory behind that is um, I like to try to get a farming build as early as possible. Well, I discovered last season and season nine that a really good farming build that I really like to run with for the Crusader is the Steed Charge uh, set. It is very, very, very good uh, at running for Death's Breath, for farming Death's Breath. It's very good at doing that. It is strong enough to clear Torment 13 rifts uh, pretty easily, actually. And that's with minimal Ancients. I was very surprised at how strong it is. And it's very fast, because you're constantly running around in Steed Charge. So I'm thinking, okay, Hadrix Gift gives you the Akan set, so that's half of it right there. Then all I need to do is find a couple more items, and then I've got my, my gearing set. Or, well, gearing. My uh, farming set. So then I'll just kind of jump into Torment 13 as, high, uh, as fast as I can, and grind out to try to find the rest of the Seeker of Light set and uh, all the armor that goes with it, or items that go with it. 
So hopefully I'll be able to get that set going as soon as possible. And also, because of the farming set, it's really good at getting Death's Breath. I should find enough Death's Breath uh, to be able to get the rolls that I want um, on my Seeker of Light set by re-rolling them at the Mystic. So that's my theory. I'm going to try it out this season. I'm thinking it's going to do great. So I'm excited. That's Those are my plans. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll move on. Also, I, I apologize for not playing more. Uh, I've been... Well, real life is stressful. And there's a lot of stuff going on, including there's a... Uh, it's actually pretty much set in stone. I'm moving out of state again. I'm leaving Georgia. I don't quite know where I'm going to end up. Um, I'm either going back to Indiana. There's rumor that I might be going to North Carolina. I don't know, but I'm not staying here. That's kind of stressful, but uh, we'll see what happens. But as soon as season 10 starts, I plan on being on a lot more. So I'll probably be online uh, while you guys are listening to this, this episode, actually. But uh, I will love to see and hang out with you guys in-game, though. Now, I want to mention uh, Antonio's GoFundMe again. Uh, as you all know, he there is a fire at his apartment. He lost everything, and he's still trying to get on his feet. I'm sure... Uh, I haven't heard from him in a long time, but... I'm sure he's he's getting much closer now. So anything you guys can do to help him out would be greatly appreciated uh, to get him back on the show. I mean, I miss him. <laughs> I'm sure you guys do too. So uh, yeah, uh, help him out if you have the money to. If you don't, no, don't feel bad about it. It's it's okay. And also, I will mention our Audible. Uh, Audible is a sponsor of this podcast, and uh, they've got some really, really cool stuff. You can go to this link. It's the bit.ly slash soulstone2017 uh, to get a 30-day free trial. Uh, if you want to continue after the trial period's over, it's $14.95 a month, and you receive one credit per month. One credit equals one audiobook. There's over 180,000 titles now. Well, there's probably even more now. <laughs> Now, moving on. Community feedback. Let's see. Tweeters and Facebook messengers. Okay, so we have a few tweets from MJPen316, but I can only see half of the conversation between MJPen and Jen, so I'm not going to read them off today. Uh, I'm requesting permission from Jen to see the other side of the conversation. Uh, as soon as I get that permission, I promise, I promise you, I will read off these tweets. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm really sorry, uh, MJ Penn. I'm, I'm working on it. I just, um, hearing one side of the conversation is often pretty confusing, and I don't want to incorrectly guess what the, what is going on on the other side of the conversation. So as soon as I get access to those, I will definitely read them off on the show. I don't want to leave you hanging. Okay, and holy crap, we actually have a couple of Facebook messages uh, already. This is awesome. I'm hoping to get more as time goes on. But we have one from uh, Shattered Soulstone. Uh, it says, the time is getting closer. Only four more days until season 10. Is everyone ready? And someone replied to that. Brian Clark. 
Loving the patch will be a lot of fun for season 10. Uh, that's awesome. I completely agree. Uh, season 10 is going to be a blast. I'm, I'm very, very excited for it. We've got some really interesting things going on, and yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's really good. Uh, yeah, um, if you guys want to, you know, contact us, please, you know, message us, and we'll read it on the show. Uh, I'm really glad. Uh, thank you, thank you very much, Brian Clark, for sending in a message on Facebook. You're the very first one. Well, very first one since 2015, I think, because the Facebook page has existed since the beginning of the show, but it kind of became dormant. Nobody was really managing it, and it was pretty much made made apparent. Uh, there are comments from 2015, <laughs> just stuff like... Uh, uh, hey guys, why no updates on the Facebook page? And kind of surprised that uh, Shattered Soulstone is not used. Uh, also surprised that the page here is over 70 episodes behind. Tisk tisk tisk. Uh, y'all are too good to look this neglected. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Um, since. Since I've been on the show, uh, I actually asked about Facebook because personally I know a lot more people on Facebook than Twitter. I personally very rarely use Twitter. Uh, I've been using it more now since I'm on the show, but uh, everyone I know uses Facebook. So I figured, well, we might be cutting the audience in half by leaving them out, you know? So, so we got Facebook back on the map. And we are throwing every episode into it, and we will be posting, or I will be posting, uh, for the Shattered Soulstone, just anything I think of, and uh, any news and anything I will be throwing on the Facebook page, as well, bleh, as well as the Twitter page. So definitely feel free to comment, send us messages, I will read them on the show, uh, and if those people are still uh, listening from... Uh, 2015. Let's see, Jamie Pomeroy, Pomeroy, and Heinrich Botha. I, I'm, I seriously apologize if I mispronounced either one of those. If you guys are still listening, I hope this this helps. I know we're a couple years late, but <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping uh, you can forgive us. <laughs> So, uh, hope to hear back from you guys to see if you are still listening. That would be amazing if you are. That'd be really cool. I know a lot of listeners here have been listening for a very long time, since the beginning. And, uh, we love you guys. Thanks for staying with us. And, yeah. So I guess I will move on from there. We still have the question of the show. Uh, from last time, nobody really... Nobody replied to it, so I'll just kind of leave it as the question of the show in case you guys do think of something. The question of the show was, what would you like to see more on the show? Like, is there anything... Uh, there's been a lot of changes here lately, and I think it'd be beneficial to get feedback from you guys uh, as to what you would like to see on the show in the future. So if you guys can think of anything, uh, uh, shoot, a, shoot us a message, and either on Facebook or Twitter, 
and um, I will see what I can do. Uh, now, I want to give a Patreon reminder before we dive into emails, which, well, we don't have any emails at the moment. Not that I can see anyway. If there are any, I will have to read them off in the next episode. I'm having a little trouble getting into the email at the moment, so uh, that, that should be fixed very soon. So if we do have any emails, like I said, I apologize, and I'll read them off in the next episode, I promise. But we are running a Patreon campaign uh, where you can help support the show. You can become a patron of the Shattered Soulstone by going to patreon.com slash soulstone and make a monthly pledge. Each and every pledge is greatly appreciated. I'm having a very, very difficult time speaking today. <laughs> um, yes, I know I said dot clom, too, if, in case anybody noticed that. <laughs> I know I'm aware, but you know what I meant. <laughs> but um, Thank you to everybody who's become a patron and who has donated in the past as well as currently. Uh, it is a huge, huge, huge help, and we love all of you for donating any amount that you have or will or whatever <laughs> so thank you guys very much special thanks to you guys uh, we love all of you and moving on to the blue notes oh no I forgot to add one. Oh well I'll mention it anyway so I will start by mentioning um, the top tens list like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode uh, there's a video by Riker that he released very recently, I think this week, either this week or last week, that has, it's called the Top 10 Best Builds for Diablo 3 2.5 Season 10, um, all classes and tier list. It, it is, it's a decently length video, 16 minutes, but I will put a link to that into the show notes so you guys can watch it if you want. It shows not only the top tens list, but he gives some honorable mentions and goes through a lot of builds and what makes them strong and uh, his experiences with them and the reasons why he made uh, the top tens list this way. So this is where I was getting the top tens list from earlier, where uh, the Seeker of Light Crusader made second. Uh, this was his top tens list. It's not an official thing, it's just his. At least I don't think, I don't know if he's got some connection with some official thing, I, I don't know. But, <laughs> but Riker is very reliable, I'm sure you guys know who I'm talking about. He's, we've mentioned him on the show probably a hundred times. Uh, he's amazing, and he makes really, really great videos. So like I said, I will link that so you guys can see what else. Uh, I will mention that I believe if I remember right, the Lightning Wizard made number one. Seeker of Light made number two. Uh, number three was the Firebirds Wizard. And then from then on, I don't remember. I actually think number four was the LON Bombardment build for the Crusader, and so on and so forth. But he, he mentions all of them and why. I highly recommend you guys watch this, especially if you guys are pushing the leaderboards. Um, but for more casual players, you feel free to watch this anyway, just because even though you're more casual, and I know you like creating custom builds, just like Travis in the last episode, you know, 
with how they made Primal Ancients, you have to clear Greater Rift 70 before they even spawn. If you want them to spawn, uh, even though you're a casual player, you just want to get the chance of getting these Primal Ancients, well, you're going to have to clear Greater Rift 70 solo. Uh, so running one of these builds might help you reach your solo 70 quicker. I don't know. That's fully, it fully depends on you. So do what you want to do. If you're not interested in the Primal Ancients, it's perfectly fine. If you are and you don't want to run one of these, one of these builds, that's also perfectly fine. Because like I said before, pretty much every build has the potential to get to Greater Rift 70. It's just how you create them, and how many Ancients you have, and how skilled you are with it. Because even if somebody, say you've got the strongest build in the game, and you're all decked out with Ancients, if you're not good at using the build, then you probably won't be able to clear Greater 70, or meet your goal that you want to meet anyway. So you want to practice with the build, you'll get better. Uh, and if it's a build that you've been running and love to run anyway, then... You know, good for you. There you go. Got it set. <laughs> so there's that. The next one is a... I'll have a link to it. Uh, there's a Season 10 Mega Thread, is what this one's called. It gives all information about Season 10. I mean, it's got uh, uh, the start dates and times. So North America starts Friday, uh, March 31st at 5 p.m., PDT and Europe Friday March 31st at 5 p.m. CET and Asia Friday March 31st at 5 p.m. KST. Uh, they also have what's going to be in Hadrig's gift. We've got the you know Legacy of Riker for the uh, Barbarian, Armor of Akan for Crusader, Embodiment of the Marauder for Demon Hunter. Uh, the Monk has Ina's Mantra, the Witch Doctor has Zunimasa's Haunt, and the Wizard has Delser's Magnum Opus. Uh, they've also got uh, the Conquests for Hardcore and Softcore, as a Sprinter uh, and Speed Racer, uh, On a Good Day and I Can't Stop, Boss Mode and World Apart, uh, Years of War, Dynasty, uh, and Masters of the Universe and Masters of Sets. Which first one is completing Acts one through five at level seventy and under an hour, uh, level three legendary gems to sixty-five, kill following bosses at level seventy on torment ten and twenty minutes, uh, reach greater of fifty-five solo with the full bonuses of six different class sets, and master eight set dungeons. So easier said than done. I've always had trouble with conquests. <laughs> be perfectly honest. Uh, you know, they've also got information on the armory, crafting material storage, uh, the bounty caches stuff, Primal Ancient, stuff like that. This this is just pretty much a really good uh, guide and thread that just has all the information you, you'd really want out of what's coming in Season 10. So I will have that. Let's see, we also have a Necromancer update. Oh boy. Oh, I'm excited about this. When they released this, I saw it and jumped for joy. This was really cool. Uh, so the the Diablo 3 main page on the Blizzard website 
has the Necromancer update, the Melee Mancer. It just shows abilities that are more melee based uh, out of the Necromancer, and some of them are really, really cool. We've got the uh, the Grim Scythe was released, which the Grim Scythe summons a huge scythe and a wide arc, dealing damage and restoring essence. As a generator ability, this will be your bread and butter ability for building up to your more powerful damaging or damage dealing spells. Now this one is interesting. I forgot where I read it, but it would appear that the Grim Scythe covers 180 degrees in front of your character. So it is insanely wide. It's not I don't even I wouldn't consider this a cone. A damage cone. It's it is it is very very wide. It's it looks like it's very it's reasonably far reaching too. So it's it's a really really cool ability to hit multiple enemies at once, and it just looks really cool. Uh, by the way, all of these abilities that I'm mentioning, if you go on the website or um, uh, click on this link, like I said, I will include this link in the uh, in the show notes if you guys want to see it. There are gifts, gift sets, of each ability being used. You can kind of see what they're going to look like in-game. Next ability is the Death Nova, or Blood Nova. The Blood Nova is one of the five skill runes for the base Death Nova skill. Blood Nova deals impressive damage, but this comes at a cost. Using this rune requires spending both essence and some of your own health. I will say this Nova is huge. This Nova is much bigger than say the if you're running around with certain items in Diablo 3, say the uh, scourge in or the two-handed sword, the scourge, it has a poison Nova every once in a while or demonic blast or however it puts it uh, that will you know explode every now and again. Well, this Blood Nova is like twice the size. It goes actually quite far from your character. It covers a very large area. And it looks so cool. The animation is awesome. Uh, Next we've got the skill rune Devour with the Cannibalize rune. Devour is a resource uh, regeneration skill, allowing you to regain essence by consuming the corpses of your slain foes. As one of the runes for Devour, Cannibalize also allows you to regain health, which is handy for fueling costly spells like Blood, no- Blood Nova. There's a gif of this, and it it appears to regenerate a whole lot of your essence and health if you use the Cannibalize rune. It's probably going to be the main generator outside of a uh, generator attack for this character, for the Necromancer. It just it looks like it's so good, it'll probably be used in a lot of builds, if not all of them. It almost looks too good not to use. Uh, also, I want to make mention, in a few episodes ago, Jen and I were talking about the Necromancer, and... I believe in that episode we brought up that Blizzard was talking about making corpses, obviously, because you're with the uh, Necromancer. Uh, another resource you're kind of using is corpses, along with your essence and health, if some abilities use that. Well, the corpses on the ground, they were thinking about making a 
kind of universal corpse. So when you kill something, that's what you'll see on the ground. Or uh, there was rumored to be like kind of a a soul that would be left on the ground or something like that. Just kind of a unique thing. But if you look closely at this gift set for the Devour Cannibalize Rune, it shows uh, the Necromancer walking up to a bunch of dead bodies, and they have the... Not only do they have the dead bodies of some of the enemies, there's the universal dead body corpse thing around them as well. And it just looks like... It kind of looks like a... A human corpse that's just kind of mangled. And... Honestly, I think they did a really good job because it, the corpses kind of stand out a little bit. They're not too... They don't stand out too much to make it kind of annoying to have your screen covered in, in those. But they stand out enough to... When you walk up to them, you know they're there. So you'll never make the mistake of not seeing them, really. Well, maybe. Depends on who you are. But uh, I think they did a really good job... I think it looks a little better than having like a, a floating soul. I think the floating souls would be a little too um, distracting. It would cover your screen, especially depending on what color they they chose for it. But like I said, that was just a rumor anyway. I don't think Blizzard even ever really mentioned it. A soul. I forgot where we got that from, but that was that was the rumor going on at the time. But like I said, these corpses that they have look really well. They did a really good job with them. Uh, now next, we've got the skill rune Raise Gullum with the Blood Gullum. They brought the Blood Gullum back, and ooh boy, ooh boy, uh, it, it looks nothing like the one from Diablo 2. <laughs> this Blood Gullum actually looks very creepy. Uh, it's very cool looking, it's very big, it's almost like the size of a gargantuan, and it's it's really cool. Even the summoning animation for it is awesome. The description under it says, We showed a sneak peek of the, the Blood Golem at BlizzCon, but now he's outfitted with animation, skills, and clever tricks. The Blood Golem is a uh, burly companion who can sacrifice himself to heal you. Don't worry, he'll reconstruct himself right away and deal sizable amounts of damage to surrounding foes in the process. So that's also really cool. Even summoning him deals damage. He sacrifices himself to heal you, and then resummons him and does a bunch more damage to enemies. It's really, really cool. I can't wait to use it. It's. I'm wondering what other golems uh, are gonna be there. Like what other runes for this raised golem ability, and what they're gonna look like and what they're gonna do. I'm also wondering what kind of attacks does the blood golem use because it says now he's outfitted with uh, animations skills and clever tricks so what what exactly what skills can this blood golem use i'm very curious to know now the next ability we've got is called leech uh joining decrepify in this necromancer's repertoire of curses a leech is a dastardly spell that allows you to transfer some of the health of attacked enemies to yourself and your allies. Uh, it's great not only for keeping yourself healthy, but offering support to your party members as well. Uh, this is one of those spells that um, I believe last time the Necromancer was mentioned. It was a video by developers, I believe. I don't know if we ever mentioned it on the show. They were talking about 
the potential to have the Necromancer be a really good support, uh, maybe even a support meta for um, running uh, greater rifts with two, three, or four people, just because of the ability to decrepify. The skill Leech, being one of those, is a really good example for pretty much keeping your team healthy constantly. Is it? It's it's a relatively wide attack. It's not all the way around you or anything. It's just this area in front of you, a relatively large area in front of you. Uh, enemies affected get this icon above their head, and it's really unique because it's it pretty much gives you. Uh, and your allies extra life per hit because when you attack these enemies that are uh, affected by leech it's you get life uh, every time you deal damage to them so this would be huge hugely useful uh, especially against like rift guardians and stuff like that just because it's not only giving you extra life per hit, it's giving your allies life per hit as well. It's it's very, very, very useful. And this is just one of them, and this is without a, uh, a rune on as well. So I have no idea what other abilities they're thinking of putting or adding to that with runes, but just by itself it seems really good. So running this as a support character, I mean... Some of the decrepify abilities are a must-have, because they, they just look really, really, really good, at least from what we see from that and what has been mentioned in the past. Also, last but not least, the female Necromancer model has been finished, and ooh boy, does she look good. You can see uh, there's a gif of her just kind of spinning around, so you can see the full 3D model on this link that, like I said, I'll... Uh, I'll attach to the show notes. Yeah, she's just she's gorgeous. They did a really, really good job. Um, honestly, I like the female one better than the male, uh, and I will be running with the female. So that's that's all we have about the latest on the Necromancer. I cannot wait till it's released. Finally, I'm hoping that it'll be released in for season eleven. Really, really hoping, but I don't know. I'm hoping for season 11, but I think they might release it in season 12, just because they did say that uh, the Necromancer will definitely be released sometime in 2017. Well, season 11 and season 12 are technically still part of 2017. Honestly, I think they're going to release it in season 12, just because... I mean, what does the Necromancer remind you of? At least it reminds me of Halloween. Well, season 12 starts much closer to Halloween than, you know, season 11, obviously. So I'm thinking they might uh, have it as, like, kind of a treat for Halloween, releasing the Necromancer around that time. Uh, I think that would be pretty cool of them, but I don't want to wait that long for it. <laughs> I'm hoping it comes out in season 11, but I feel like they're going to release it around... October around the time where season 12 comes out just because of Halloween and it'd just be a really good it'd be a really cool thing to do now what's next next for the blue notes we've got BlizzCon tickets and uh, dates uh, so BlizzCon it will be November 3rd and 4th this year once again at Anaheim 
and the tickets are starting to be on sale on April 5th and April 8th. Those are for the... What are they referred to? Class A tickets or... I don't know. They're the earliest tickets you can get, so obviously they're going to be cheapest, but they're going to go by really, really fast. So if you want them, I highly recommend you be on the website and ready to purchase them as soon as they become available. So watch the clock, watch everything. On Wednesday, April 5th at 7 p.m. PDT is when they become available for the first time. And the second time is Saturday, April 8th at 10 a.m. PDT. So definitely watch out for those. And like I said, if you want them, you might want to be be there on the page as soon as they become available because they're going to go by very, very, very quickly. It says that it would appear that they are $750 each uh, on Wednesday, April 12th. Wait, a limited number of tickets go on sale on Wednesday, April 12th from 7 p.m. PDT price to $750 each. So those are probably going to be more expensive. Okay, the ticket sales for the April 5th and April 8th, the tickets are going to be priced at $199 each, plus applicable taxes and fees. So, yeah. If you're going to BlizzCon, hit that up. Get them for the cheapest price. Uh, now... We've got another link to for like the first look at um, Season 10. Went over most of this already, but the new cosmetic rewards, uh, they've got the Head and Shoulders for the Conqueror set this season, and they have a brand new series of portraits themed around the Black Soulstone, which will be available, and also the Pennant Collectors will also be pleased to see new... A new arrival, Loremaster inspired by the Book of Cain. So, yeah, there's a new pennant. I don't know how you get it. I'm assuming they don't seem to have a new pet for this season. So I'm assuming they're, instead of a pet, you're getting a new pennant. And to be perfectly honest, this pennant looks amazing. It looks really awesome. They did a really good job on it. Uh, I think I very, very, very rarely use pennants, but I think I'll use one uh, this time because that one is just too cool not to run with. So yeah, uh, they look they look really gorgeous. As far as everything else, I think we went over everything for Season 10 already. Also, uh, starting with Season 10, seasons are now available on console. So anybody who plays on console and not PC will now be able to participate in Seasons. Also, the seasonal leaderboards will be available on consoles as well, so you can now, you know, compete with friends and get on the leaderboards if you want. And just so you guys don't worry, uh, at the end of the season on consoles, just like in PC, any items that you found in season will be transferred over to your non-season when the season ends. Alrighty then. Uh, here's an interesting update. I don't know if I'm slow and I just realized this, or, uh, or this is new for all of us, but the community manager, uh, Tivalier, uh, I apologize if I mispronounced that, uh, posted on the Diablo 3 forums 
starting later this year, we will begin the process of ending support for Windows XP and Windows Vista in World of Warcraft, StarCraft II, Diablo III, Hearthstone, and Heroes of the Storm. Microsoft ceased mainstream support for these versions of Windows in 2009 and 2012, respectively, but since a decent portion of the audience was still using them at the time, we continued supporting them. However, there have been three major Windows releases since Vista, and at this point, the vast majority of our audience has upgraded to one of the newer versions. Uh, after these older operating systems are no longer supported, the games will not run on them, so we encourage any players who are still using one of the older OS's to upgrade to a newer version. We'll be rolling out this change on a stag uh, staggered schedule, and we'll post further notices as we get closer to making the change for each game. So I honestly didn't know uh, that they were still being supported on XP and Vista, but it is very, very useful information to know that they will not be supported much longer. So if any of you guys are still running XP or Vista, unfortunately you're going to have to upgrade to continue playing. They haven't released the dates yet, to my knowledge, on when they're doing that, but it will be soon. Now also, we've got Diablo 3's Reaper of Souls expansion is now three years old. Uh, as of March 25th, yeah, as of March 25th, it's three years old. It came out in 2014. The time has flown by, honestly. It really seems like uh, Reaper of Souls didn't come out that long ago. But there's a page uh, that I will put a link to that has kind of a commemorative for um, the third year anniversary and is talking about uh, kind of the future for, for Diablo 3. But this is not an official thing. It's uh, just by a... I believe it's just by a fan. So you can check that out see what he has to say. And last but not least, uh, in case anybody else is into... In case anybody is into um, StarCraft uh, from the Blizzard series, the first game, uh, StarCraft, is getting a remastered edition. Um, I don't know the release date. I think it's very soon, actually. But there's a video uh, that you can find that uh, shows the difference. It shows like a side-by-side -side of what it did look like and what it looks like now. As far as I know, they're not changing any mechanics of the game. It's literally just a visual update, and they're re-releasing it. I don't know if you have to pay for it if you already have the game. I haven't done that much research into it. I don't know if they've posted it yet or not. But it does look really good. It looks really cool. It will be supported with uh, 4K if your computer can run that. And it, it looks pretty awesome. So if you're really into StarCraft, uh, the original game, here's a remastered version. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, as far as other media, I watched uh, X-Men Apocalypse recently. And <laughs> it's it is a good movie. <laughs> I'll give it that. It is a good movie. I would rewatch it again. But oh boy, oh boy, X Men. Ah, uh, Marvel, what are you doing with X Men? The timeline is so messed up. <laughs> it's so so messed up. It makes no sense. I can only assume that they're just 
They're just saying to heck with it now, and just trying to make the movies the best as they can without worrying about what the other previous movies have even talked about or been about. There's some stuff. Honestly, Apocalypse has been out for a while, so uh, you guys have probably seen it. If you haven't, then spoiler alert, Wolverine should have not been in X-Men Apocalypse at all. Uh, in the first X-Men movie, uh, Stryker was an older guy when he made the experiments on Wolverine and, you know, put adamantium inside of him. Well, in, in X-Men Apocalypse, uh, Stryker was really young and Wolverine already had the adamantium, uh, in him. Like, he had already been experimented on by Stryker. So... The timeline is so messed up. Uh, like I said, Wolverine should not have been in there. According to the... Oh, by the way, I'm saying this not by the comics, but by the previous movies that have been released. So the this apocalypse might be closer to the comics than the old, other movies, which would be awesome. I'm not bashing that at all. That's really cool. I actually really like it when they stay true to the comics. But... If they're making a movie that is supposed to be linked to the other movies that they have made, they're really messing up the timeline here. <laughs> I mean, they actually did a really good job with X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, I think they did a good job with the timeline in that movie by itself. But that none of that would have changed anything in like uh, X-Men Apocalypse. It really wouldn't have changed when Wolverine would have uh, been experimented on by, by Stryker. So it uh, it's just... That's the only thing that disappoints me. The X-Men movies have been phenomenal. I enjoy watching them. But they're so messed up. <laughs> uh, I wonder if they're ever going to have a reboot. I'm sure they will at some point. But to be perfectly honest, I don't know if I want one. Just because... I mean, Hugh Jackman is way too good at Wolverine. I don't want to see another Wolverine because I think that he, it's just not going to be it's not going to be as perfect of a fit, of a fit as Hugh Jackman he just did a, a, a really 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 good job uh, now what else I've been doing I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls 3 recently the uh, the new DLC the Ringed City just came out two days ago and I've got to say, I haven't beaten the DLC yet, but I've gotten far in it, and it is really, really, really good. For those of you who like Dark Souls and the Dark Souls 3, I don't know if you've gotten the first DLC. The first DLC is really awesome as well. The second DLC is just, it pushes Dark Souls over the, over the top. I mean, it is so, so good. They did such a good job with it. I'm playing with some friends that uh, have played Dark Souls 1 and 2 a lot, a whole lot. They got really into the storyline, really into uh, the lore of all the characters and everything, which I didn't. Dark Souls 3 is actually the first one I've really, really gotten into. And so playing the game with them and the DLCs, playing either the normal game, uh, the DLCs, either one, they're constantly running into references from the previous games and getting really excited about it. So if you guys really like the other games, 
uh, and haven't played Dark Souls 3 or have played it and just haven't played the DLCs, I highly recommend you do just because of the nostalgia you'll get from seeing things that were they kind of brought back from the past. It's it's really cool. It's visually gorgeous. Really, really, really gorgeous. Uh, and very fun. Difficult. Very fun, though. So that kind of wraps it up for this show. Uh, you've been listening to episode 134 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Want to join us in-game? Join our in-game community, aptly named Shattered Soulstone. Feel free to post short missives up on the community board and join the chat channel to talk to other folks from the community in-game. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulstone.com. We love Twitter. Come join us uh, and tweet with us. Uh, you can find the show Twitter at Shattered Soulstone. Uh, Lantonio is at Lantonio, and Wesper is at Wespertilio1189. We are now also up and running on Facebook. You can find the show Facebook page at facebook.com slash Shattered Soulstone, and uh, me, Wespertilio, at facebook.com slash Wespertilio1189. Uh, we would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at www.thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from all of us here at the Shattered Soulstone, keep on click, click, clicking. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Dawn Forge Productions, copyright 2017. Find us online at thedawnforge.com.